listening to the Sly Dog Music Cast. Now here's your host, the Sly Dog. Hello and welcome to the Sly Dog Music Cast. I'm your host, the Sly Dog, and joining me today from Yes and World Trade and Prague Collective, but today, Arc of Life, Billy Sherwood. Billy, how you doing? Good, man. How are you, Alex? I'm doing great. I'm really enjoy- I'm really psyched to talk about the new album from Arc of Life. It's your first album. It's you on bass and vocals, John Davison on vocals as well, Jay Shellen on drums, you know, all three of you from Yes, as well as Dave Kersner on keyboards and Jimmy Hahn on guitars. Talk about how this group came together. Well, it started with songwriting, as a lot of the bands I've been in do. Um, uh, 2017, uh, on a Yes tour, John and I shared a bus, and I had my mobile studio in the back of the bus, uh, instruments lying around everywhere. And we decided to write some songs just for kind of fun. And one thing led to another. Before you know it, we had three or four songs that had developed. And we knew that it needed to be taken to a higher level. And that it it wasn't meant for yes. It was was kind of becoming its own thing. So that's when we started talking about band stuff. And so naturally, I call my buddy Jay Shellen, who I've known forever, is a great drummer. And Jimmy Hahn, who's a fantastic guitar player, is a bro of mine. <clears throat> and of course, Dave Kersner, who I've known forever, and we've been threatening to do something together for a long time, and this finally seemed like the right vehicle. So once we put all that together, we had the the, the band. The record took a couple of years to make between 2017 and 19. Uh, we made it. Um, <clears throat> a lot of the vocals were recorded on the bus. A lot of the vocals were done at John's house here in L.A. on a break that we had between Yes Tours. And then there was other periods of time where I was uh, with Jay Shallon to get the drums tracked and the bass together so that they felt nice and natural together. And after that, the guitars and the keyboards from Jimmy and, and Dave kind of were as a file sharing situation because of the geography of where people live. Um, and then there you had it, you know, we kind of put this thing together and finally now it's, there's an open path for it to come out now and, and see the light of day, which we're all very proud of and can't wait for. That's awesome. Yeah, it sounds like this has been kind of like a labor of love for you guys. So that's great to see this finally come to fruition. Uh, One thing I thought was cool and caught me right off the bat with the album is that you and John share the lead vocal slot at times. Uh, Did that come about like naturally or did you guys decide on that early on? Like how did that like situation like end up? Well, we we kind of knew that we wanted to do something like that with this situation where we were you know, in the way that Supertramp has those two singers or a band like, um, Gen- uh, um, <clears throat> um, sorry, uh, the Eagles or uh, Pink Floyd, you know, anytime you've got two vocalists who are different, but the, when they're together, there's something unique going on. We wanted to do something like that and uh, make it different, quite frankly, than anything else we'd been working on you know, around us. So that was kind of a, a, a thought going in and it's worked itself out quite well, I think. It really is. It's, kind of, it's cool to hear the, uh, the, the variants you can say. You could say like there are songs like I can tell you guys apart really well. So it's, it's cool. It's like a different flavor throughout the album. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Speaking of that, uh, the, kind of the flavor and the sound, I think there's going to like the comparisons to yes are kind of inevitable because, you know, you, we've got three members of yes in the band, but mm-hmm. to me, there is a, there isn't a, there is definitely like a component to the sound that feels like, I almost want to say futuristic in a way, 
yeah maybe it's poppy like what like what is that like i don't know how to put it into words but like there's that other sound there there's that yes flavoring but there's something else there what would you say that is well i think part of that comes from how i kind of direct traffic in the overdubs if you will and try to guide the sounds into something different as opposed to using the fallback prog elements that we've known and loved you know all of us the mini moogs and all those mellotrons and all the sounds that we know and love and are so associated with prog they have their place in their in their place and i've always felt like when i'm trying to do something new i don't want to fall back on those so if you're going to do a synth solo let's let's hear something new and make a weird sound out of it or you know, put some sort of trippy effect on it that makes it weird. So I think that attitude takes it into a futuristic sounding thing because we're not hearing the old standby stuff that is kind of in every keyboard player's bag, you know what I mean? Uh, so that's kind of one of the components. And, and, and then the other is just, I guess, a bit more of a forward thinking way of having a pop song structure but all of the geometry underneath it, making it work is quite complex. Um, So there's like, it's a strange dichotomy between this simplicity and this complexity uh, going on. I mean, a song like You Make It Real on its face sounds like a pretty straight ahead, simple little tune. But if you start dissecting the components and what's making it up, it's it's quite complex in there. So uh, those kind of spirits and attitudes going into making a record, I think, take it into a new place, which might, as you said, you know, feel futuristic, you know? Awesome. Totally. And th- I love that you brought up the, like the poppier elements too, in a way, because one of my favorite things about like, I've kind of actually quarantine has been really good for me. I'd never really done like a prog rock deep dive. I kind of been like a casual fan on the edge. And I really dove into bands like yes. And Jethro Tall and stuff like that in the quarantine. And one yeah. of the things I loved about yes is that, that even the music, even though the music is complex, like you can carry it on your head, it sticks with you. So I feel like you yeah. definitely found a way to pull that element to the front. Well, I think what it is too, and, and I know because you know Chris was about the same kind of thing. We would talk about this quite often. It's it's about the song, it's about the lyric, the melody. How is that working? And then start making thing around it interesting. But at the core, you need a good song. You know what I mean? So. Uh, that's I know John shares that same philosophy. So when we were writing it, it was really important to to know we had the song underneath there before we start tricking out the drums. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> nice. Yeah, totally. Like that's actually a good segue. Let's t- let's talk touch on some of these songs because they're so great. And uh, starting with the opener, "Life Has a Way," to me, that's the perfect song to kick kick off the record. It kind of encapsulates the mission statement of the Arc of Life sound really well. Talk about that one a bit. I think that's very well put. And that's exactly what was the intent of that song was to start it off in that positive direction. And, you know, life has a way is basically, you know, a personal anthem of mine. Uh, When you get to be my age and start looking backwards, you realize, especially with where I'm at with my career, you know, how blessed we are to have this life in the first place and, and live it to its fullest. So uh, going for your dreams is a really important thing. And I know, Right now in COVID lockdown, everyone's at home and dreams are being postponed, but uh, it's an important thing to have a vision and a goal and a future that you see and go for it. And, you know, that's what we as I think the human experience is all about is, is pushing on and pushing forward. And life has a way of finding you the right direction for your 
for your own life path. And, and that's kind of the message of the song. Nice. Wonderful. And also on, on that note, you're also, you're also having fun here in a way. Like I found the song talking to Siri, that song's interesting and it's a little funny. It's a little quirky, but it's really good. You even gave <laughs> Siri her own voice in the song, which was kind of, which I, I kind of giggled out loud at that. Talk about <laughs> writing that one and bringing it to the band for the first time. Like, Hey guys, I got this song about Siri. <laughs> Well, it's funny. You, you, I mean, you're keying on certain elements that are so spot on. It's kind of funny to hear your analysis because it, it was a goofy little song. And I, I started writing it. I was coming home from a Yes show in Europe and I had been enjoying hospitality a little bit and got back <laughs> to my hotel room a little bit lit up. And, and as you do, you know, I asked Siri, can you set the alarm for 7.30 a.m., please? <laughs> <You know? laughs> and she said, yeah, I, uh, your alarm is set. And I said, thank you. And she said, you're welcome. And uh, I said, what are you up to? And it answered back. And before I knew it, I was in <laughs> goofy conversation back and forth with this thing. And then I started thinking, wow, what a trip. I mean, one day you'll talk to this thing and it won't, it will feel its own way to interpret how to answer you and how trippy is that? So the concept started, I, I just kept bantering back and forth, but I asked it, do you dream? And it said electric sheep, but only sometimes, uh, which is a <laughs> book, right? And yeah. I, that's trippy. And then I asked it, do you love? And it said, who me? And so right then and there, I kind of, I saw this song in my head and how this could work. And so I sketched it out really quickly so I wouldn't forget it. And then the next day I went over to John and said, got a second, let me show you something. What do you think? And he just loved it immediately and said, let's develop this and let's go. So it, it, it turned out quite well because it is kind of tongue in cheek, but it's also, it's kind of coming from a perspective of a kind of a sad, lonely dude who's talking to his phone because there's no one else there to talk to. <laughs> but it's a, it's a bit like that, that movie Her with uh, Joaquin Phoenix too, where you know, he's falling in love with his AI, you know, and what does that mean? You know, where does that go? So it's playing with all of those emotions and thoughts and in a very playful way, but it's just kind of got a weird dark edge to it too, because for me, you know, I, I love the future coming and droids and robots. It's awesome. Let's bring it. But there's also a scary factor to it when you see some of these, you know, Boston dynamic robots out there on the field with guns and it's like kind of scary. <laughs> It's, it's a double-edged sword, you know? It really is. I agree. It's funny you, you mentioned the scary side because I did get a bit of a, like, I started thinking about Blade Runner and Skynet while I was listening to the album last night when the song was on. It, it got to that right. point, actually. Exactly. And that, that's kind of what the intent was of the song was to make, you know, it's like wasting time talking to Siri, you know? That's basically what it was all about, so. <laughs> nice. Uh, speaking of, uh, like, let's move to a popular number. I want to know you better. That perked my ears on the first listen. It's this pretty little pop song that kind of sneaks up on you after you had a little, a few more, maybe you could say closer to traditional prog songs in a way. And it's also a nice little palate cleanser before the big opuses. Talk yeah. about that one a bit. That one's kind of coming from the perspective of this modern age of internet dating that we have upon us and, you know, eHarmony and all these things where people fall in love the two seconds after you meet them online. Um, and, and it plays with the notion of, you know, the desire for human contact. I want to know you better, right? You know, let's, let's, let's figure this out and see if this works. And then the other side of it is coming from the more paranoid side of like, I want to know you better before I actually get to know you better. Who are you? You know, what, who are you real? 
in the real world, who are you, you know? Uh, sometimes internet persona and the real world are two different things. So it, it's kind of playful and positive, and it's also a little cautious and kind of scary at the same time. And that, that's kind of how that song was meant to come across, you know? Cool, cool. Uh, I, I got to ask you about the Epics, of course. Uh, Locked Down and Therefore We Are. I love both those songs. They have that. To me, those are the most yes-like songs on the, al on the album. And I know right. you kind of said this project, you know, was intended to be something outside that. But those, to me, sound like they could follow up Heaven on Earth in a, in a way. Was that ever intended or were these all strictly, you know? No, this was, all, the beginning? this was all, it was all designed for this, this direction once we knew we were going this direction. But I think what happens is that the yes thing follows us around by proxy with the <laughs> DNA we are. And um, I've gotten so used to it because it used to follow me around before I was in yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I used to get comments on World Trade Logic. Wow, this could be a great yes album. It's like, well, maybe can you call them? <laughs> uh, so it, it kind of comes by proxy, but. Uh, I don't mind it. And I mean, it's, it's a great band to have a vibe like, you know what I mean? So it's okay with me. And it's not trying to be yes, it just, if some of those feelings come across, uh, that's cool. I don't mind if the listeners feeling that. I mean, for me, I'm so close to it. I don't maybe feel as much as the yes things as I do my own influences with them from Gabriel and the band and uh you know some kate bush in there and 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 some Coldplay even in places you know so uh, we all feel our influences where we do i think the fact that you know we are in yes uh as band members makes people's sort of mind hear it a certain way but it is what it is you know it's, yeah. as long as it's music is music you know I, I just thought of a quick uh like side, sidebar question that's not in my list but i, I want to ask now um, I remember reading somewhere once, like you mentioned, so you mentioned that you, people would say World Trade sounded like that could be a great Yes record. Um, mm -hmm. Were you offered the Yes vocal gig around the time of Union? I feel like I read that somewhere. And yeah, that's how this whole crazy train started. Um, I had World Trade and Derek Shulman played the demos for Chris. Mm -hmm. uh, Derek signed us to World Trade to Polydor, but left soon after and became the president of Atco Records where he was with Yes Without a Lead Singer because Yes was doing Anderson Bruford. Anderson, I should say, was doing Anderson Bruford way <laughs> Okay? Yeah. So Yes was Without a Lead Singer. I meet Chris, we kick it off. He likes the way I sing. He wants me to be lead singer for Yes. The other guys agree. And everyone's super excited about it, except for me. I just did not want to do it. Mm -hmm. I knew that it would be career suicide. And I was very young at that time. And I knew I, I wanted my own clear path ahead of me. I didn't want to put this this in front of me. So I was quite happy to sort of back up into more of a production role, songwriting and producing and playing. So I have a song on the Union album as a result with The More We Live and a song on the box set called Yes Years of, of a song called Love Conquers All. And, and of course, then I went and toured with him as a sideman in 94. When that band breaks up, I, I get called in to mix keys to Ascension One. After that, they dug my work and asked me to produce and mix keys two. And it's at that point that Rick Wakeman leaves right before the tour and the band is left kind of on the rocks and me and Chris have a conversation. Let's write some songs and get something going. And that became open your eyes and, and the rest is kind of history from there. But that's how it started was this thing about, you know, you're going to be the lead singer. Yes. I mean, I don't know if, if you know who Robbie Neville is. Have you ever heard of Robbie Neville? I have not. No. 
Okay. He was a pretty big pop star back in the day of that era of eight, late eighties. And he was considered too, as the lead singer. And Chris was notoriously late, you know, <laughs> just historically late for everything. So Chris calls a dinner between just as musician friends, me, him, Robbie Neville, and one other musician dude. And we all gather, Chris never shows up. <laughs> and they're discussing well, why don't you take the gig i don't want the gig do you want it uh so it's quite funny i call chris i'm like so you call the meeting and don't show up well what's with you man <laughs> oh that's funny and i do love i do love it seemed like you played the game you played the long game and you knew what you wanted and that that seemed uh, to work that's worked out great for you man Man. Well, I always had a vision of my own career being my own career. I never actually imagined I'd be in Yes. I always had fantasies of it, you know. <laughs> but when it started becoming a reality, I had to be careful because had I joined, okay, my instincts were don't because something's coming with these guys. Had I joined, I would have been in the band for about three months and then it would have been in the press that I got booted out because they formed the union thing, right? Yeah. So I just saw that train coming and stepped out of the way. I don't know if it's wisdom or just, you know, I heard the train barreling down the tracks. It was obvious. But uh, I think it was a wise move on my part to not do it. And then I joined the band in my own way. When I joined as a guitar player alongside Steve Howe, there were six of us on stage. I created my own slot. You know what I mean? I wasn't replacing anybody. And uh, that's how I liked it. You know, I never imagined I'd be replacing Chris at the end of the day, but that's what he wanted and it was his wish that I do that and it was also his wish that yes continues to go forward so we honor that and I honor that and I don't take it lightly you know it, it kind of irritates me when I see people online and Facebook you know no Chris no yes it should have ended when Chris died I'm thinking that's exactly what he didn't want to happen what are you talking about <laughs> yeah pe so. people on the inter internet suck like I, I, I gotta get I was gonna bring this up later but I gotta give you a shout out I feel like you did a great job on that yes royal affair live album yeah. i really enjoyed that and Thanks. i remember when that came out like reading the comments section i was just like oh, come on people like it was uh, you know what are you gonna do i mean some people are just locked in a bubble and and others have an expansive i mean you know they see a concert in 72 and they don't want to let go to how that was for them but the reality is bands music life it's an evolution and everything evolves and expands we all are growing up and getting older and and music is expanding and as bands expand and change, that's part of life, you know what I mean? You just kind of got to roll with it. But um, as long as the integrity of the music is still maintained, I'm in. And, and I think, you know, as far as yes goes, we're at the highest level of integrity we can be. And, and Arc of Life maintains that kind of same uh, standard as well, I think, because everyone in the band is a real great musician and we challenge each other to rise to that level, you know? Nice. Um, I wanted to bring up another release you, you have coming out. Uh, the Prague Collective has a new mm -hmm. album coming out February 5th called The World is on Hold. And I feel like that's the most appropriate album title I've heard in a while. Um, this, so this was my first time like kind of hearing about the Prague Collective. And you have a bunch of guests, Todd Rundgren, Jolyn Turner, Martin Barr, Jeff Tate, David Clayton Thomas. Talk about that album and how the Prague Collective kind of like the history came together. Well, Many years ago now, I guess it, it, maybe I'm thinking seven years ago. It's been a while. I'd have to look, but I made the first Prog Collective record for Cleopatra Records, and um, it was very well received. And it was the same type of thing where I wrote the songs and directed traffic, 
and brought in various guys who of you know notoriety from the prog community and whatnot. So that became kind of the standard. And then we made a second one a few years later uh, that was quite cool. And uh, they asked me to make this, this new one here about a year ago, it was in production. And it's, it's the third in the series and it follows in that same model where I get to write these expansive tracks and then in, you know call in my heroes. I mean, uh, it's an amazing thing when you can write a song and, you know, as I was writing and I was thinking the song World's on Hold is perfect for Todd Rundgren. If I could just get him to belt this out, it's it's got the compassion and the emotion and the anger and the frustration. Of, it, it kind of encapsulates everything we're all feeling here, you know, patience and frustration at the same time. It's a difficult one, but it's reflected in that song. And and when I sent it to him, he, he said, I'd love to sing this. This is perfect for me. Let's do it. So, so it's kind of cool to be able to do it um, in and, and see your heroes come to the table, you know, and, and participate. It's a, uh, it's an honor to have those guys on board. And, it, and I'm proud of the record, the way it came out. I get to play a lot of the instruments. I play drums, bass, keys, and you know, all kinds of things on there. So it's an artistic uh, expression and an adventure for me too, which I really appreciate. Nice. I look forward to hearing it. I didn't get an advance of that one, but there was a song on the track list I wanted to ask about because it's a um, mixture of covers and originals. And when I saw who you got to sing this song, I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. This is mm. going to be good. Nights in White Satin, you got David Clayton Thomas of Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Talk yeah. about that collaboration, because that's just like, is a match made in heaven. Well, it's amazing because when I got his vocal back, I just kind of sat there and listened through it a few times and thought, oh my God, this is so... This guy poured his heart and soul into this. I mean, you haven't heard it yet, but when you do, you'll understand. It's like he really went to town on it. And it's that voice we know and love from Blood, Sweat and Tears. But it's also got a vulnerability to it in the way that the lyrics present. And there's just a really somber, solemn feeling about the whole thing. But it rises to a crescendo with his vocal that's outstanding and he just knocked it out of the park it was just really really surprised me with that one nice only one more week one more week and the cd will show up on my doorstep <laughs> okay good <laughs> nice yeah uh so i got i got a few more questions uh just for fun i thought this would be a fun question to ask like i mentioned earlier i'm kind of a newbie to prog i'm a younger guy i'm a newbie to prog and you seem like the the prog super fan that got to like kind of jump into the kingdom you know with yeah so yeah. what album or albums would you recommend i check out if i haven't have you heard gentle giant power in the glory i have not okay that's the first one you need to go to okay and, and give it a couple of listens because the first time you hear it you're going to be like wait a minute what but after you hear it a couple of times you will be the diehard gentle giant fan that i am <laughs> those guys Gentle Giant is an extremely amazing band in the prog community. And I'm not just saying that because Derek's my friend. I'm, I'm honored that the guy's my friend. I got to, you know, he's a very close friend. I was at their last concert in Los Angeles at the Roxy in 1980. Oh, wow. And as I was 16 or so, and I was went to the parking lot after the show to go to my car. And Derek popped his head out the window in the back. It's a small, 
building, you know, there's a window. He's out there getting some air. He's sweating, you know, after the show. And I just yelled out, don't quit this band. Keep it going. <laughs> <laughs> Little did I know that this guy in the window was going to change my destiny, you know. And how strange is it that, I mean, I, for me, growing up, there were like four or five bands that it's like, these are what I'm listening to. I'll listen to some other stuff, but don't bother me. And, and there was, yes, um, Genesis, Weather Report, Gentle Giant, and Pink Floyd. You know, so as far as like the prog thing goes, I, I Gentle Giant, Power and the Glory has to be the entry point for your Gentle Giant experience. And you will find a wealth there once you awesome. get into it. Right. Probably Thank one you. of the, I think one of the, you know, the keyboard players in Prague, when you think of the top guys, right? You always think Wakeman, Emerson, right? Mraz and these guys. Yeah. And obviously all those guys are at the very peak. But amongst them is Kerry Minear, who's the keyboard player for General Giant. And he kind of sort of is the underdog, kind of goes unnoticed, I think, more than he should. Because, I mean, once you're into it and you check out the band, and you get into it. Then go YouTube some of their live stuff and watch how this guy nails that stuff live. Whole other level. They're just fantastic. Awesome. Thank you for that. I'll, I'll definitely look that one up. I've heard that name. So now I've got a starting place with them. Yeah. Awesome. All we'll right. So my traditional last question before the social media plugs is uh, I like to ask for a tour story. Do you have a funny tour story? It can be with Yes or World Trade. Like, do you have a good, like, fun yeah, story from the road? A funny yes to her story. It's, it's tragic, yet it's funny. And that is, we were playing the Barclays back east, big arena. It's one of those round things. And Steve Howe had been playing a solo consistently on tour, playing two spots. He played clap or whatever it was, mood for a day, I forget. And then he added one other piece from his solo. But he'd been doing it religiously on tour. So I figured that night, you know, I needed to go use the restroom in between because it's a long <laughs> set. I ran back to my dressing room, right? And I just that day bought these really cool silver shoes that were kind of slippery, but they were really cool to wear. So I was being real cautious. And I carefully run back to my dressing room and I'm in my dressing room and I'm hearing mood for a day in my mind because that's how I'm timing it. I'm like, did it, did it, did it. I'm singing the song so I know where I am. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm back there now, I'm good, and, and I've got time. He's just about to go into the second one. And right around then I hear, is Billy Sherwood in the building? <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, it's your biggest nightmare ever, if you're a musician, is to have that dream where you're wanted on stage and everyone's waiting for you. And I go to myself, wait, no, no. And I go to the door and I start walking towards the stage. Is Billy Sherwood anywhere back there? And I'm going, oh my God, I'm freaking out. So now I run because I don't want to make them wait. And it's like the first tour of me replacing Chris. And, oh, no. and I'm running and I run up onto the stage. And just as I get to the top ramp and I come back out to the front, I'm in these really super slippery <laughs> shoes, right? And I freaking went face down. Oh. And it's on YouTube. Someone captured it. Thank you, whoever that was. Uh, but it's it's there on YouTube. I went face down and I am down in front of thousands of people like starfish just flattened down. <laughs> and my thought was, Chris, I thought you wanted me to do this. <laughs> <laughs> and then 
I just kind of thought, how do you recover from this? This is so embarrassing. So I just kind of launched myself up and took a bow and then got on with it. But that had to be, it was a kind of just a combination of two nasty dreams where you're, you're late for stage and then you fall in front of people. It's like, you know, those are the two nightmare scenarios and it all happened in one moment for me. So that had to be the most kind of crazy, embarrassing moment for me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's great. There's well, nothing worse than trying to be cool and going straight down on your face. It just, <laughs> it doesn't work, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that's great billy this has been so fun i appreciate you, you taking the time to talk to me i think everybody should check out arc of life and the prog collective prog collective is february 5th arc of life is february 12th where can people find you online where's the best place to find out all things billy short well i'm on facebook is my where i live and you know i don't really have twitter and instagram and i, I don't do all that stuff because i only have time to kind of mine one page of mine uh and you'll see but I'm on, I'm on Facebook and you'll see my icon of me playing bass with Chris behind me and the Ark of Life thing is on the banner. And, you know, I'm, I'm around. So if anybody's looking, they can find me there for sure. Awesome. Thanks, All Dave. Right. I got to run, brother. Yep. Talk to you later, man. Bye. Take care. Ciao. I want to know you better.
Thank you for listening to the Sly Dog Music Cast. If you want to know what's going on, follow me on Twitter at Sly Dog Music Cast or Facebook at Sly Dog Music Cast. Thanks again for listening. Peace, love, and music.